got to get to Dr. Fauci explaining why he threw that baseball sideways. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty entertaining. I'll bet it I, is. I can relate to it. Am I the only guy annoyed by the virtue signaling reporters? What was that? Is that NBC up there? I can't tell. Uh, CBS. This guy's doing a stand-up, as they call it, in the industry. He's outdoors. He's completely alone. There are no other human beings anywhere near him except a cameraman. And he's wearing the mask just to show that he's hip and he's woke and he's, you know, aware. There's zero, literally, sir, zero need for you to wear a mask, but you're going to wear it just to be cool. That dude's he's going naked faced. How dare he? Naked faced. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Speaking of uh, masks and that sort of thing in the media, uh, a number of uh, exhibits for you. I really enjoyed this. Uh, The good folks at uh, Reason among others, um, pointing out there's some new terminology being used by the media. And keep your eye out for this. You'll see it. And it's it's well-crafted. I mean, good bulldoo, good Orwellian twisting of speech, if it's, if it's really well-crafted, you don't even notice it until people start to use it a lot. And then you realize, wait a minute, that expression, that is leading me somewhere. That's not really describing what's happening. In fact, Often it's the opposite. Uh, to wit, a couple of things you're going to hear in the media a lot. A peaceful demonstration intensified. This is from ABC News. Protesters in California set fire to a courthouse, damaged a police station, and assaulted officers after a peaceful demonstration intensified. Okay, so violent, fiery, crazy riot is now a peaceful demonstration that intensified. In a, he uh, ended up with a broken nose and a black eye after a reasonable conversation intensified. Correct. And you would never say that. Right, right. The police department was burnt to the ground after a peaceful protest intensified. And uh, the other one is mostly peaceful. You hear that all over the place now. A mostly peaceful protest. You see it, uh, the description of Portland. The journalists are just going crazy, trying to make it seem innocent and nice and righteous and about racial justice and not a bunch of Marxists and, and extremists, militants, uh, smashing government property, fighting police, trying to blind them, gas them, etc. So most, and uh, let's see, Nick Claremont tweeted this. Did the phrase mostly peaceful exist before a few months ago? It really bothers me. Um, fact check this. The Pacific Ocean in 1942 was mostly peaceful. Well, and then there were epic naval battles between the United States and Japan. How many alt-right protesters have to engage in violence before their protest ceases to be described as mostly peaceful? I think it's just one. <laughs> Can you imagine if the Proud Boys or uh what's the what's the other one? I can't remember. Um one of your one of your uh, right-wing groups that's ready to throw fists. If they punch somebody, is ABC News going to refer to that as mostly peaceful? Ha, 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 ha. And then people, being people, decided to riff a little bit. The Menendez brothers had a mostly peaceful relationship with their parents. Oof. Sort of like how the voyage of the Titanic was mostly dry. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I guess Ben Shapiro said it perfectly. 
O.J. Simpson was mostly peaceful the day he murdered his wife. For 23 hours, he was mostly peaceful. I had a mostly fire-free week last week. That's right. Your property was mostly fire-free, and then it almost burnt to the ground. Ted Bundy was mostly a charming lawyer and mostly peaceful. So your key phrases in the media, peaceful demonstration intensified and mostly peaceful. Very nice. If you haven't done a, a, anything athletic in a while, this might be a, a cautionary tale from how Dr. Fauci's first pitch went so sideways last week. Uh-oh. Okay. Tell you you remember that. your old glories and yeah. think you probably still got it. We'll tell you about that coming <laughs> up. But first, you know, it's uh, the stuff we were just talking about. It's it's a crazy time. And it's always been a good idea to have a good home security system, but now more than ever. And the best overall home security of 2020, according to U.S. News & World Report, is Simply Safe. The fact that it's crazy affordable and you're not locked into a long-term contract, that's just icing on the cake. You don't want somebody to break into your house while you're there or while you're gone. You'd like to know who's on your front porch. Everything you want from a home security system, Simply Safe has, but not the long contract, not the expensive and messy install, and not the high cost. It's great. And by the way, the number one sign of a bad home security system is it's too complicated and you never use it. That sounds familiar. You can use Simply Safe and you can try it out with a 60-day money back guarantee and free shipping, so why the heck not? The installation's effortless. Go to simplysafe.com/ Armstrong simply is S I I M P L I I at the end. How odd! Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong again, 60 day money back guarantee. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I think we had the video at our website. Maybe you saw it of Dr. Fauci throwing out the first pitch last week at the Nationals game, and it was uh, it wasn't a 45 degree angle. No, it was, no, it was about from straight on, it was about 45 degree angle. You want to, yeah, go ahead. Well, this is, I believe, this is Fauci discussing the pitch. No, 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 no. I got, I'll just read You got this. that? Okay. Because yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. You know what it was um, like? It was like uh, when you're a kid. I remember in kickball, one of the rules was you could either throw to a base to get somebody out or you could peg them with the ball. Yeah, that was a fun and game. It, it's as if the Foucher, had, you know, there was a comebacker back to the mound and he threw halfway up the first baseline to try to nail the runner. From the Washington Post, Dr. Fauci explains why his first pitch was just a bit outside. <laughs> That's funny. Well, he's an elderly scientist. Does he's, it need to be explained? He said, I completely destroyed my arm. Two nights before Fauci was scheduled to throw the ceremonial first pitch, um, the world's most recognizable 79-year-old. Remember, he's 79. Oh, yeah. How many 79-year-olds could throw a first pitch from the mound, period? Well, anyway. He shouldn't have. No. Uh, he went to a Washington, D.C. elementary school to play catch with a local high schooler. It was the first time he had thrown in decades. Yeah. And he felt good and he felt ready. Then he woke up the next morning. My arm was hanging down around my shoes, he said. <laughs> I was still in pain when I walked to the mound on uh, that night. And I thought, I'll just throw it. I'll feel the pain for a little bit and it'll be over. Then he looked at the catcher behind home plate. He looked like he was a mile away, Fauci said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was unnerved enough in the moment to rethink his strategy and decided just to unleash a fastball. Instead of doing my normal motion and just lobbing the ball, which would have been the best thing to do, I thought, oh, baby, I better put a lot of oomph into it. And I did, and you saw what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, can ima- I, I can't imagine what it feels like when you're 79, but I play catch. Like, we play with a Nerf football with my son. Mm-hmm. We play for 20 minutes or whatever, and my arm hurts in oh, my yeah. age because oh, I yeah. haven't done anything like that in so long. Yeah. can't imagine 79. And when he says decades, it could easily have been 
If you're 80, it could easily be 40, 50, 60 years since you've thrown a baseball. <laughs> easily. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on your lifestyle, of course. Uh-huh. I just can't believe they put them on the rubber. I mean, 60 feet and six inches away. Whose idea was that? You got an ancient scientist whose arm is killing him. Say something, Dr. Fauci. Say, I can't get that. Ball he there. went out and decided to practice for a while. Yeah. And then his arm was so sorry he couldn't move it. Yeah. I can't even. Joe and I used to play f- catch with a football a lot. We had a radio job where we didn't have to do anything. So we <laughs> would play catch with but a football. But they expected us to stay around till a certain time of day. And I was a young, fit man at that point. And sometimes if we'd play catch for a lot, my arm would be throbbing at night. I'd have to take ibuprofen to get to sleep. I can't imagine if I was 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's I'm a good s- lesson, though. Don't I'm 79. Weak excuse. <laughs> Yeah, come on, uh, old man. Bring the heat. Violent clashes. Portland protesters face off with police. Well, they're showing some of the ugly stuff on Good Morning America, which I, I'm happy about. Um, there, It's funny, though. It gets back to that uh, comedian we heard that he, he takes footage of these things, and he can only sell the footage of the cops being violent to the alphabet networks and only sell the footage of the protesters being violent, the rioters being violent to Fox News. Um, I tell you what, the idea that... Americans are unconcerned that there are large groups of people showing up with rocks, metal rods, lasers to blind the cops, the rest of it. I just don't think people are aware because the left media has been soft peddling this so long. How what this... the reaction is when it becomes, well, for instance, we were talking a little bit earlier, um, Sacramento, California, the capital had been for several weeks, mostly peaceful. They had a Portland style a uh, demonstration turned into a violent riot, destructive riot uh, during the night. And then uh, up in the foothilly area in Northern California, somebody organized, some 19-year-old organized a Black Lives Matter march in a little foothold, uh, foothill town called Loomis. And there was a counter-protest, and things got really tense for a while. But there was no violence, and nobody smashed anything up. But given the fact that the militants claim the right to break the law, and the left media generally covers for them by using phrases like a peaceful a protest intensified. It's only a matter of time before your smaller cities, then your medium cities, then your small towns have smashings and lootings and the rest of it. So how does this end, do you think? Does, does do, do, the, do the marchers just peter out? Because you can only keep that energy up for so long. That's the interesting aspect of this to me, and uh, we, we were comparing it to domestic violence earlier, where one strategy is you just don't do the thing that makes the violent person mad. It's it's sad and it's sickening to consider, but that is one. That's what so many politicians, particularly lefty politicians, are doing. They're thinking, look, let's just not resist any more than we have to. Let's wait for the energy to go out of this thing. It's a gamble. In Portland, it's been more than 50 days now. Uh, protesters marched more than 50 days over the weekend. Demonstrators broke through a reinforced fence surrounding the U.S. courthouse. Uh, that's something. And then uh, this guy who's been writing about this for years said, the narrative of which side is creating the violence at the protests has very important consequences for the election. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Which narrative takes hold? Is it, um, you know, lawlessness in the street or is it, you know, Trump stormtroopers going in caused people to act like this? 
police are racist, etc. Right. Which narrative wins the day? Well, the the press has a big role in that. Or might the answer to that question be regional? The narrative uh, on one side wins that side's areas, and then the uh, more conservative areas by the other narrative, and the country splits apart. Really interesting uh, kind of hypothetical posed by one of our brilliant listeners. I want to hit you with that in a couple minutes. And, cool. and, and, and d- you tell us how realistic you think it is. It's coming up. Let's just get to the heart of it. At the point of all of this is this president, I have a new name for him, Mr. Make Matters Worse. He has made matters worse from the start. Delay, denial, it's a hoax, it'll go away magically, it's a miracle, and all the rest. Mr. Uh, Make Matters Worse, we'll see if she sticks with that, if that's like a new nickname or whatever. Nancy Pelosi and the president. All right. So we're, uh, we got to jump right into this. We barely have enough time, but, uh, bold listener Al Anonymous said, I want you guys to, uh, to, to take a look at my predictions for the future and, and see what you think. Uh, and this is all based on the craziness, violence, demonstrations, rioting, uh, et cetera. Years one to five. Biden wins the election. The era of democratic rule starts. More states with the highest electoral college votes go blue, like Texas or whatever. The left's grip on the federal government, strengthened by their promise for bailouts and handouts um, as the working class struggles to get back on their feet from the global pandemic. Uh, then i got to skip ahead a little bit. Russia and China get more aggressive with subversive social media sabotage. Uh, flexible uh, work exacerbates the rate of people moving away from, you know, conservative, moderate people moving away from Seattle, from Portland, from San Francisco to areas where they feel more at home. Uh, that's year one through five. We'll see that. Year six through ten, single-payer health care is enacted across the country. The debt continues to grow. States and cities that adopted the most socialist policies will start to have trouble paying for their ideas. They'll raise their taxes until the most gainfully employed people leave completely. They have to file for bankruptcy. Meanwhile, the federal government will have to step in to pay for not just the skyrocketing cost of the new single-payer health care, but also the debt from states going bankrupt. Eventually, the federal government will have to increase taxes to make sure we can continue with the socialist policies that enable them to be reelected every two years. That's 6 through 10. Years 11 through 15. The conservative states, now entirely conservative, but with little to no say in national elections due to the Electoral College maps, will start to protest federal taxes. Citizens in conservative states will stop paying their taxes, and they'll have the support of their local and state governments and law enforcement because the states are entirely conservative. The feds will increase their IRS enforcement, and citizens in the conservative states will start fighting back. And finally, years 16 to 20, citizens in the conservative states, long supporters of the Second Amendment, will have their own militias and state national guards. When the federal government tries to enforce their taxation, the local militias will begin to fight back, and the national guards will be called in by the conservative local governments to push out the feds. The conservative states will call for independence of the federal government, and Civil War Number 2 starts. Crazy and far-fetched, I know, but S is getting really hairy. Hopefully, I'm wrong. What do you think of that scenario? I don't know if it's crazy or far-fetched. A couple of the problems would be I wouldn't have predicted any of the last six months. So who knows what's going to happen? And that's almost like all if we had walls around the country and the rest of the world didn't exist. There's going to be something with China or Iran or something that'll 
throw a wrench into all of our sure. plans, probably. And even if that were not true, and I appreciate uh, Al's uh, spinning of the, the scenario, and I think you ought to turn it into a novel, man. I'd read it. Sounds good. Um, I would point out that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, including politically speaking. And it could well be that the Republican Party, well, we end up like Britain, where the conservative party is liberal and the liberal party's nuts. Um, and, and the Republicans find a way to steer to a middle ground. They'd be unrecognizable as Republicans, you know, certainly 10 years ago Republicans, but it'll find a way to, to get the country out of the ditch before what you're suggesting happens. But the compelling part of it to me is that regionalization of political belief. Oh, that's, yeah, that's happening. That is absolutely happening. And, and you know, we've said it a hundred times. Maybe you're new to the notion. The great divide of our time is urban versus rural or urban versus less urban. Um, and, and the completely different lifestyles, the completely different needs, the completely different ways of seeing the world and the fact that the urban centers have more population. And so they compel the less urban areas to follow their societal values. And the less urban areas are saying, this is insane. We don't want to live like this. That We need to get a hold of that as a country, or uh, Al Anonymous's scenario could come true. Uh, well, a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. I don't have time to tell you what it is. You'll just have to trust us. Do you trust us? You better trust us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One of our most famous Americans turns 80 today. What's up, Doc? It's a wabbit down here, and I'm trying to catch him. What do you mean, a wabbit? Wabbits, wabbits. You know, with big, long ears. Oh, like this? Yeah, and a little white fluffy tail. Like this? Yep, and he hops around and around. Oh, like this? Pardon me, but you know, you look just like a wabbit. Listen, Doc, now don't spread this around, but, uh, confidentially, I am a wabbit! Bugs Bunny 80 today. My dad laughed at him as a kid, I laughed at him as a kid, and my kids laugh at him as children. That's really quite astounding. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what's up with my prostate, Doc? He's 80 years old. <laughs> wow. Thanks for that. What's up with my cholesterol, Doc? You ever seen the very, very early Bugs Bunnies? He's a different character. He doesn't have the Brooklyn accent, and he doesn't have the wisecracking ways. It just it goes to show, sometimes things take a while to take shape. There you go. You know, if at first you don't succeed, adopt a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something. Coming up. So you think these times are so incredibly ugly? Well, I did a deep dive into uh, the election of 1800, which I've read about many times in my life. Oh, yeah. Some of the ugliness of 1800, man, and some of the thoughts of the ugliness are, I almost, I should have fact-checked better to make sure this isn't fake, that this isn't one of those, you know, people go back and make a quote up. (laughs) Mark Twain said that Apple computers would ruin the world. You know, one of those kind of things. (laughs) But, I mean, it's amazing. How similar the attitudes were. Stay tuned for that. So a couple of vid updates for you. Not the fear-mongering of the media, just the facts, ma'am. Only the facts. 
in the Bay Area of uh, California, the antibody tests they've recently done, they think nearly 10 times as many residents had been infected with the coronavirus by the end of April than the official tally at the time. Then what is the point <laughs> at all? Of any of these stats of how many uh, people have tested positive? Well, and unless the number, uh, unless the models that they were using to estimate the total number of cases was actually 10 times higher than the official count at the time, which I find highly doubtful, the, uh, the uh, fatality rate, for instance, was grossly exaggerated. You know, the sure. number of hospitalizations are grossly exaggerated. I mean, the total hospitalizations, you know that. You can go to the hospital and count people. But um, but, but is there any point in hearing uh, California set a new record on Thursday if we probably set a record twice that in April? We just didn't have the tests at the time. Right. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, so when you do hear virtually any COVID news from the mainstream, lamestream media, you have to take it with so many grains of salt, you'll probably get hypertension, which, Jack, is one of the underlying conditions which can uh, make it more dangerous for you. Mm. Uh, and and everybody's everybody. I am kind of curious why the U.S. has gotten hit harder deaths per capita than some countries. Now, Nancy Pelosi will tell you it's the highest in the world. Donald J. will tell you it's very, very low. Truth is, we're higher than some, lower than some. But one of the reasons we're getting hit so hard is that obesity, heart disease, and diabetes are uh, are your comor- your biggest comorbidities. You're 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 more likely to get really sick and die. And I don't know if you've looked around you, but we we are a big fat country. Wow, that's so funny that that had escaped me. That's so obviously true. We got more people taking blood pressure medicine and stuff like that from being obese than any country in the world. I believe we lead the world in grocery store scooters as well. Yeah, exactly. You hear me talking. Sure. So that makes sense that, yeah, that's funny. I hadn't heard that. But that's obviously true. Monique J. Brown, which is a cool name, is the assistant professor of public health at the University of South Carolina, said if we had better health outcomes, if we had less diabetes, less hypertension, less cardiovascular disease, we wouldn't be seeing the morbidity morbidity and mortality. Uh, So I'm looking at the risk multipliers for uh, croaking of the vid. Um, The worst one is recently diagnosed blood or lymph cancer. You're almost three times more likely to die, as if you don't have enough problems. Uh, uncontrolled diabetes, you're about twice as likely to go. Uh, excessive obesity, 1.92. Liver disease, that's not good. Uh, respiratory disease is actually a little better than that. You're 1.6 times as likely to die. 1.63. Listen to this, fellas. If you're just a dude, you're 1.6 times more likely to die Dang than it. the average human being. I've got testes. How about men's rights? Uh, black folks, 1.48 times, moderately obese, 1.4 times, chronic heart disease, 1.17 times, and slightly obese. Yeah, I might have loosened my belt by a notch. Actually, I ate like a hog over the weekend. Good for you. No. Live a little. No, not good Enjoy for me. Enjoy yourself. I, I enjoyed myself too much. Great Scott. <laughs> just, I just, the shame, the lack of self-control. I'm a grown man. <laughs> Well, did you eat anything? 
that was particularly like when I eat donuts. I mean, no, no grown man should ever eat a donut ever, really. Uh, or no, did you just leave large quantities of things? I was just so stupidly self indulgent. Gotcha. Partly because it was it was a downer of a weekend. It was just I don't want to go into it, but there's there is some sadness. Everything's fine, but it was emotionally a little rough. Um, and so I never do this. I would have a pretty good sized breakfast. Then by golly, I'd have a big old lunch. Then I'd think, boy, some of them pretzel chips I like it sure be good in the afternoon, even though I wasn't hungry. And then we'd have pizza for dinner. I can't eat like that. I mean, <laughs> five hundred pounds in a, in six months. Obviously, shame, obvious, shame, shame. Obviously, you can eat like that. Well, I can, but then I'd be very large, and then I'd have your your comorbidity there, and I don't want that. So anyway, uh, so there's your, uh, uh, as far as they know, that's what seems to be the uh, the worst ways to be. It's interesting. I've been hearing hypertension uh, a lot. It doesn't really show up on this graph anyway. And I think if your hypertension is reasonably controlled, like I talked to my cardiologist the other day. I said, look, I was just treated for a blood clot. I understand there's some clotting with this. I got the high blood pressure. Yeah, I said, am I at particular risk? He said, oh, no, 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 you're fine. Your high blood pressure is controlled. You're young. You're healthy. You'd be fine. Now, if you eat three giant meals in one day, that could be a problem. Yeah, I'd say three months from now, I keep up that trend. I don't know. You're going to have to put me at the back of a cave to keep from getting the vid. Well, speaking of the COVID, we kind of have breaking news on that front, Sean. The Phillies-Yankees uh, game tonight has been canceled. The Phillies played the Marlins over the weekend. And so they- we're off the rails. How long has the season been going on? Four days? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Marlins canceled their home opener. Now the Yankees and Phillies aren't going to play because they played the Marlins. How is the NBA ever going to? Well, the, the big difference is between the two. The MLB uh, Players Association would not agree to the bubble style right, they didn't thing do the whole in bubble Arizona. Thing. That is a difference. But, okay, if you can keep it out. But once it gets in, once it gets in, you're done. Yeah, it's in. And Coronavirus. That's right, Cardi. Um, <laughs> because of the way uh, the NBA, the way the basketball is played, just the f- physical proximity of the players smashing into each other, but breathing hard, yelling directions. And uh, please, it, it's it's a vid factory if it gets. If in. we've canceled two games in the first four days, there's just no way they're going to be able to pull it off, is it? I'm not trying to be negative about this. Just I always wondered, what do you do? Well, now we know. You cancel the game. Yeah, and I, I, this is not mockery. I'm glad they're trying. Why not try? You but, might as well try. There's no downside to trying. And, you know, I was looking at those statistics in the Bay Area, California, and 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 reading some of it they get into. Uh, it's uh, Politicians are credited with locking down early, which seemed to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, seemed to maybe. It's not clear if that worked at all. And we may well... End up in a situation where we will, I mean, the inevitable is that virtually everybody gets this thing. And it's going to be sooner or later. And with all due respect to the absolutely admirable goal of flattening the curve so we don't overwhelm the hospitals, that should be our only goal. The idea that we're going to prevent this thing from going around is just fanciful. Um, it's just got to work its way through the population. That may be the result. I don't know. Could be they come up with a vaccine in November, December, 
uh, are able to manufacture it quickly enough that everybody gets it by April or May. And we have more news on that. The idea that there's going to be a vaccine uh, like in the fall and everybody's going to get a dose of it is is fantasy land. Um, but it's it's not clear. So we may murder the economy to avoid something we can't possibly avoid. Nobody knows. So you think we live in polarized times, and uh, who do you trust, and the press, they're all liars, and blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, and yes. And we're getting what we deserve because we seek out information that fits our own narrative to start with, blah, blah, blah. Maybe. Uh, It was just as bad in 1800. Uh, Some of these quotes will amaze you, including one from Thomas Jefferson that I'd never heard before. Makes you think it's almost fake. It's so amazing. Really? (laughs) Jefferson v. Adams, a bloody fray. And Jefferson versus Hamilton so often in the press. But anyway, it's it's quite amazing. I suggest you stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see it coming. So Yankees-Phillies is canceled tonight because one of those teams played the Marlins, who have canceled their opening game because of so many players that have COVID. So it begins. <laughs> I'm not for. I don't want it to fall apart. Oh, no. No. It's it's just, you know, it's graveyard humor. It's funny and uh, incredibly unfortunate. So our, our, our politics are ugly, as we all know. Clinton and Trump mentioned each other 40 times in their convention speeches. Obama and Romney mentioned each other 13 times. You go back to 2004, there were three total mentions of the other person you're running against. Again, so you're saying this is the most polarized this country's ever been. 40 for Clinton and Trump. You go back just a couple of elections, you wouldn't even mention your opponent. You'd talk about what you're going to do, not right. tearing them down. Well, politics uh, have come and gone. Uh, the ugliness has come and gone over the years, and it was a particularly ugly time back in 1800. Um, and I know a lot of you are history nuts know about James Thompson Callender, who was hired by Jefferson and his friends to write horrifying articles about their impotence, including John Adams, who uh, Jefferson paid a guy to call his friend, John Adams, a hermaphroditical character. <laughs> what? Among other things. Both sets of genitals. Well, and the great story on that is this calendar guy. They knew that was, about that back then. <laughs> that they well, hired. They knew about genitals. Yes. <laughs> How do you think we're here? And the newspapers back then were intended to be partisan. Everybody knew. Okay, this newspaper is this way, and this newspaper is that way, and we got used to them kind of trying to be fair. And now they're kind of going back to being partisan, which is right. the way they were back in the day. <laughs> and of course, the the icing on the cake with that that whole story is. Jefferson hired that calendar guy, and then when the calendar guy ran out of money, he went to Thomas Jefferson and said, I need this much money for doing all that dirty work for you, or I'm going to let people know that you paid me to put those stories in the newspaper. Oh, boy. And Jefferson didn't return any of his letters, just ignored him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the calendar guy, <laughs> I should read the exact quote, because it's, it's pretty good what he said. Um... Uh, Black Sally was fluttering at my tongue's end, but with difficulty I kept it down. I will no more. Sally Hemings, <sighs> oh. his slave girlfriend and uh, mother of their child, 
he knew all about Sally and had kept it a secret and decided, okay, so that's where that whole story came from. He knew about it, kept it quiet, uh, tried to extort the money out of Jefferson. Jefferson ignored him. Wow. He brought the story forward, and that's how the world found out. But anyway, uh, that's really aside from uh, from this whole thing. But then Calendar um, went on to invent a grid with the days of the month on it. Which was very handy. Right. Um, Thomas Jefferson testified to the ugliness of the trade, the newspaper trade, when he described what he looked for in a good editor. He lamented that such a person would have to set his face against the demoralizing practice of feeding the public, feeding the public mind habitually on slander and the depravity of taste. Defamation is becoming a necessity of life in so much that a dish of tea in the morning or evening cannot be digested without the stimulant. <laughs> Same way people are now. Yeah. They get up in the morning, they go to bed at night, they want that. They want somebody saying evil stuff about the other side. Sure. I think that's really interesting. Defamation is becoming a necessity of life in so much that a dish of tea in the morning or an evening cannot be digested without this stimulant. Even those who do not believe these abominations still read them and betray a secret pleasure in the possibility that some may believe them, though they do not themselves. Exactly. Human nature does not change. Exactly what we're doing now. Yeah. I know this is a bunch of crap, but I'm happy there are a bunch of people out there who believe it. Right. And it's saying something bad about my enemy. Yeah, that's garbage, but we're going to own the libs. Or we're going to defeat the Nazi Republicans. And I want garbage. I just have the need for garbage right now. I want garbage news that just says nasty things about Trump or Nancy or whatever. True. That is fantastic. <laughs> wow. In the year 1800, my friends, nothing has changed except the, the avenues we get our news from. Like today, in the age of our founders, one person's depravity and slander was another person's fact. What Jefferson would have roared about, his rival Alexander Hamilton would have applauded as plain truth. Each side in the debates of the early republic thought they were the hero in the morality play of the infant republic. That's mm. fantastic. That is good, yeah. Um... Skip ahead. I read a lot on this over the weekend. I thought it was all so fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm lapping it up. Jefferson, of course, denied that he paid somebody to write bad things about uh, his good friend John, A- John Adams back then. He kept it secret. And one of the points of this article is you don't really keep it secret anymore. Trump and Hillary attack each other that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Or, or Trump and Nancy. They say it out loud. They don't hire somebody to do it. It's not. It's not seen as beneath you to do that sort of thing. Abe Lincoln had quite the career writing really outrageous editorials under pen names about his opponents. I mean, really, a couple of guys wanted to duel him, got into a couple of fights because they knew it was right and what. In an attempt to um, then ruin the reputation of Calendar, the guy who was writing in the newspapers bad things about uh, Adams, then when he kind of turned the other direction, everybody was going after him to try to ruin him. Somebody got an uh, spread a story that his wife had died from an STD on a loathsome bed with a number of children all in a state next to famishing, while Calendar was having his usual pint of brandy at breakfast. Oh, his poor syphilis-ridden wife is dying with their starving children <laughs> right? while he was swinging down brandy to get his day started. That is a negative story. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Wow. That touches a number of fabulous bases. Yeah. No kidding. If he can work in, then he staggered out and kicked a puppy. Then you got a real winner. That's fantastic. (laughs) She's a slut slash prostitute. And or, or, or he just gave her the, you know. 
And a, the heebie-jeebies. And, and a bad mom back right. in a time when, you know, it was fully on her to make sure the children were fed. She doesn't feed the children. Meanwhile, I don't even care so much as to not drink in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, but anyway, the the point is, uh, we were very. It was very very ugly back then, and both sides said the other was selling out the revolution and everything like that, and bad Americans and out to ruin the country, and mm-hmm. and we got through that period and got to a gentler time. Then we had a civil war. Then we got to a slightly gentler time again, and uh, and you now we're here where we are today. You know what's really amusing to me is, um, and you know I have the benefit of having watched a number of elections go by. That Adams, who was arguably something like a Republican, John Adams, and Jefferson was more liberal, more the firebrand, more the populist. Um, but the, the, the lefties labeled Adams as a would-be king and essentially a fascist. Exactly the way every Republican from George H.W. Bush to John McCain to Mitt Romney to Donald Trump is labeled. You go back to some of the stuff they were saying about McCain, it's outrageous. Right. The guy's hardly a Republican at all. When Alexander Hamilton's affair was outed, he warned that if this trend continues, the business of accusation would soon become, in such a case, a regular trade, and men's reputations would be bought and sold like any marketable commodity. See the steel dossier. Oh, yeah. It's exactly right. what that right. was. Right. Reputation made up or not. Uh, just bought and sold like a, a commodity. That's really something. Which would all lead to too many musicals, including the one. People want to hear people talk S about their opponent and read about it in the newspaper or watch it on cable news, even if they know it's not true. It makes them feel good. It is kind of enjoyable, yes. It's just human nature. <laughs> We're an ugly beast. God, Speaking say. for myself. Armstrong and Getty.